dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Glory forever. Christ is transfigurated. Transfigured? On, a, on Mount Tabor. <laughs> Happy feast day. You too. Thank you. Did you know this is my favorite feast day? Um, You have a lot of favorite things like your favorite <laughs> liturgies are of all what's my Lenten. favorite service of the whole yeah it's true what's my favorite service andrew of, the whole of crete canon of yeah. andrew of crete thursday fifth thursday yeah. matins and then your second favorite is good friday well i feel like pasca has to be there <laughs> in order to be a good catholic when we say what's your favorite that means your personal preference, not that's true. What you'd feel embarrassed not to say. Okay, then probably yeah, probably in two minute vespers, which is Friday. Okay. Yeah, Friday vespers. Great and Holy Friday. So cool. Yeah, um, yeah because the, blah, 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 blah. no, um, the, <laughs> because I I I only heard recently. It's all the things like I think I should have learned in seminary. Probably did learn in seminary, but that's why Pascha is not one of the top twelve feasts because it's outside of and beyond. Yes. Even the top twelve. So, in other it's words, that's why granted. we have our so like twelve icons on the it. icon screen. Exactly. It, it's it's understood to be your favorite, your objective favorite. Like when someone asks my favorite book, mm-hmm. I don't have to say the Bible. It's just right. When someone asks my favorite saint, I don't have to say Mary or the Theotokos. Yeah. I can just. Okay. It, it just it will mean for some people though. Then you got to explain it later on. Okay. That Theotokos um, is beyond all the rest. Pascha is beyond all the rest. Because Coors Banquet is beyond all the rest. Lafroig uh, is beyond all the rest. <laughs> yes, Lafroig. I love Lafroig. Um, yeah, so I would like to, I don't know if anyone noticed, but we had someone else say glory ha, to ha, Jesus ha, Christ. Ha. <laughs> someone with a <laughs> maniacal laugh, it seems. Um, and also... It was kind of embarrassing that we both said glory forever because in your eparchy, you say glory forever and in ours, we say glory to him forever. So that was awkward. And mine, we say It's not really forever. an eparchial thing. Really? It's, a, it's a God with us thing. So in other words, the kids in the God with us series for our Byzantine Catholic parishes, the kids learn glory forever in their books. Uh, so uh-huh. we adapted what I grew up with glory to him forever and I had changed it to glory forever because that's what the kids learn. And I figured that the, what the, I want the kids to be hearing what they're learning in the book. I we all see. are supposed to be like children tender the kingdom of heaven. So. Yeah, sister. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, so, we'll let you introduce who this is. <laughs> okay, thank you. So this is a little bit confusing because as those of you who listen to the intro know, I'm Sister Natalia, um, but sitting next to me at the monastery is someone named Natalia. So <laughs> I have with me um, Natalia Wohar, who is an observer right now. Um, which is when someone comes for a three to six week visit to the monastery as they're as they're discerning, um, and she and I just have super beautiful conversations, and she has a lot of really great insights, and I'm very edified by her and by by our relationship, and so I thought it would be beneficial to have her on the podcast and to maybe kind of lead a topic for us. So beautiful, I'm so grateful. So this is Natalia. Hi, podcast listeners. Hi. And, and real quick, Natalia, how long have you, what part of your, how long was your observership? It is how long coming have you been there? to the end. I have been here, today's Thursday, I've been here for four weeks and one okay. day, and I have about three to four days left. Okay. So, so this is really fun. Should we tell them about the videos? Which videos? The welcome home signs. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's a tradition in our monastery of having a welcome home sign whenever a nun comes back from home visit or retreat or anything like that. So two of the nuns, Mother Cecilia and Mother Gabriella, um, as uh, past listeners know from a prayer request, were just on a 30-day silent retreat in Bismarck, North Dakota, even though it was supposed to be in the Holy Land. So uh, COVID, everything. So... 
for their welcome home signs, this was a big deal. They were gone for a whole month and we were like, we got to step it up a notch. So instead of just taping paper on their door with some sort of funny sign or whatever, we decided to do videos. And then what was taped on their door was directions to go to the iPad to watch the videos. Natalia plays guitar, super, super talented, um, (laughs) made us all weep as she played songs. So Natalia plays guitar. So she um, played guitar for us and we sang some videos for the welcome home signs. And Mother Cecilia's appropriately was like very soft and very sweet and it was totally improv. So uh, Natalia just like played some chords and we just kind of made something up and sang along to it about why we miss Mother Cecilia. For First Mother time. Gabriella's, um, <laughs> for Mother Gabriella's, we did, what's, what's the name of the song? Let Love Open the Door to Your Heart. Let Love Maybe? Open the Door. Do you guys know? The, nope. Do you know one? Like know. the one that's like, let my love open the door. Oh, yes. Okay. So, so we decided to do a remake to that. Neither of you were born yet. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. So here's the best part, though. Natalia's observership was supposed to end earlier. July 31st. July 31st, oh. before the two nuns got back. And so they were super bummed to be missing her because we all love Natalia when she visits. I mean, also okay. when she's not visiting, we love her. But, <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, something happened that made it so that her observership could be extended so she could see the other the other two. Nice. So we didn't tell them this. And so Mother Cecilia watches her welcome home sign. Natalia is just in the cloister hall. <laughs> With so much waiting, adrenaline. So much adrenaline. <laughs> and then Mother Gabriella watches hers. And at the the last stanza of it is like, um, how does the melody go? It's by the way we have, have a surprise. <laughs> the girl you hear singing to you. My observership got extended. <laughs> so I, I can still see you too. Go open the cloister door. Go open the cloister door. And so they're freaking out and the and I'm behind the cloister and she's door. Just behind the cloister door. It was really that great. It's amazing. It they was so amazing. Just rushed at me and hugged me and it yeah. was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, my heart rate just said, increased doing it now even. I was like remembering know, the adrenaline of the night. <laughs> it was so fun. You, as I said before, you guys have the most feminine female monastery I've ever been in my whole life. Like <laughs> you're just so free to be women. Why did you have to specify female monastery? I hope there aren't male monasteries that are more feminine than us. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, because <laughs> because I, I just, I, I, I always tempted when I, we have a, probably majority Roman Catholic audience to say convent, just to clarify. And so I wanted oh. to, so I'm used to saying female monastery just so that people know that we we don't call them convents, we call them monasteries. But if I it's understand. all females there, then yeah. So that is why. We're super and feminine though. Yeah, you are. Back rubs in the evenings and wine <laughs> when there's no fasting and just <laughs> coffee with Jesus right. in the morning. I was just sharing that. By the way, mm-hmm. um, my shout out to Andrew Whaley, who was here. I just dropped him off at the airport. He called it when I was talking about that because we prayed matins this morning. I brought my coffee into the shrine mm-hmm. where we do outdoor prayer. And he's like, oh, you're doing coffee. I'm like, Oh, that that's fantastic. <laughs> what is it? Like, co- like the office, office like the of prayer, oh. office of readings, done in my office. Clever. Legal at coffee if you bring coffee, so... Um, right. Well, as as an intro, should we have Natalia talk about how she met each of us, or is that <laughs> going to take too long? Sure. Good. No, I'll, but, uh, I'll make it quick. Okay. But basically, I was a huge fan of Catholic stuff. You should know. Uh, Our father, Michael, got his podcasting career off the ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was particularly a fan of you, Father Michael, because you were Byzantine priest, and I'm Byzantine, so I thought that was really cool. Nice. And I sent you an email... Uh-oh. That you never oh, no. to. <laughs> um, And so flash forward and I came to, I led like a field trip to the monastery and I met Sister Natalia and I was like, okay, first of all, we have the same name. So that's awesome. Then I found mm-hmm. out that Father Michael is her spiritual father. And I'm like, what the heck? And, like, <laughs> and I think you were referenced on the podcast a lot. So I like kind of heard about you. So that was cool. Mm. And I was I like, feel like it's rare that my actual name was used though. It was always like Sister Squeaks or <laughs> something else you called me. I don't remember. But Many a few times. One yeah. or one or two. Mm-hmm. And I was basically trying to get you to or I asked if you could you were like, I'm gonna talk to Father Michael later today. And I said, Can you tell him that I sent him an email? 
<laughs> and I really wanted to ask for a shout out, but I was too shy. Mm. So that's okay. Shout now out I'm to on this podcast. <laughs> but um, and then since the then, I've just yeah. So I've been getting to know Sister Natalia more and more since that first day. Maybe like her more than Father Michael now. Oh, wait, maybe? Oh, snap. <laughs> um, but I'm grateful to know Sister Snap. Sister Snap. What about so Sister Snap? Um, and the, uh, but I met you in person at Seek the first time, correct? Yeah. Or was it SLS? Oh, that was really awkward too because <laughs> it was Seek and there was a like meet and greet at this bar in a hotel mm. for Catholic stuff. And I was like, I'm going to that. I left early from Sister Miriam James' talk. <laughs> I got oh, there early. Oh, goodness. And like we all sat down and I was just so like, what am I doing here? Like I don't <laughs> fit in here. It was just weird. <laughs> And you were like, hi, what's your name? And I was like, I'm Natalia. I'm the one that emailed you. And you're like, oh, yeah, did I ever respond to that? And I was like, yeah, you did. That's my um, typical response. <laughs> it's okay. And so, and then I think you slowly started to recognize me more as I became better friends with Sister Natalia. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Because Sister Natalia had already talked about how much she... How much you guys bonded after your, like, first meeting. So I remember, <laughs> and of course, remember the name. So very cool. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you on because Thank now you. this is better than a shout out, right? Yeah, this is way better than a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> so, so Natalia was listening in on the last podcast episode. Um, <clears throat> what was? Do, do you have a name for that yet, or no? Um, nope. Okay, so I'll, I'll on the the last podcast episode that is as of yet unnamed was Natalia was listening in on it, and then she gave a prayer intention at the end. Mm-hmm. So. I thought that was convenient because since we're supposed to start our episodes with any further reflections, ruminations, et cetera, from the last episode, then that would give her an opportunity to share from anything she had from the last episode as well. Um, I wanted to share a few quick things about it. One, just that, you know, I referenced that mountain of, the book Mountain of Silence. Um, Yes. And I talked about the, the monk and you were like, was he from Cyprus as a joke? Totally from Cyprus. I looked, nice. <laughs> I looked it up. And virtual high five. Virtual high five. Um, so that was just really great. And I wanted to share that. Secondly, I wanted to talk about, so it was referenced on the last podcast that someone had sent an email um, who had like, a, well, I don't know if I want to say criticism, kind of a criticism of something that we had talked about in a former podcast, which was, was it, what is love, love? I I love how you ask me these things expecting me to remember. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. It's a habit because that's how conversations usually work. Right. (laughs) So so I was talking about different kinds of love. I was talking about the the threefold Peter, do you love me? And I was talking about C.S. Lewis. Um, So the person who had had emailed you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Facebook message. Something like that. Um, sharing um, an article about the um, the the critique of that approach of reading the threefold "Do you love me?" in saying that the words used for love in that are actually interchangeable in the Greek. Um, and I was making the point that I think that there's a a specific reason that Jesus uses um, a different form of the Greek word for love on the third time. Um, So I wanted to express appreciation for the person who sent the Facebook message because I do think I've, I've read before um, writers, particularly a biblical scholar that I'm thinking of who kind of presented an interpretation of something, but he presented it as though this was the interpretation and he didn't mention that, oh, by the way, there are other interpretations to this. And and that bothered me a lot because mm. I don't think it's right to give people that impression. Um, and I think it's fine to say there are these other interpretations. This is why I think this one is the best. Yeah. Um, but I think it should at least be mentioned that there are other interpretations. So, yeah. so I'm very grateful um, for that email. You did mention in the podcast that um, the critique of like, oh, actually some... People say that those words are interchangeable and so on and so forth. Um, so I think it was mentioned, but I, mm. I did want to 
I guess, express gratitude for that and say I, I do think that it's very important to mention when that is the case. Um, yeah, I yeah. agree 100%. Like, we, we should always be humble enough to say there are, obviously, when it comes to the Bible, that is the word mm-hmm. of God living and active. There's going to be personal interpretations, historical interpretation, interpretations, all, all the various ways of, of reading and interpreting the scriptures. And uh, the, I, the, pretty much the conclusion this article that was sent to us came to was that um, we, the scholarly consensus is that the, the main focus of that passage is, is Peter's threefold, uh, th- Peter's threefold, I love you. You know, that, that um, do you love me? You know, I love you. That, that, that somehow makes up for the threefold denial. And, and the, the one thing that they didn't like that some homilists, I'm sure I, I've done this too, some homilists have done is said the reason why Peter felt bad was not because of the threefold, which most scholars say Peter felt bad after the third one because he realized it was referring to his threefold denial. Mm-hmm. That's why he felt bad, not because Jesus changed the the word for love. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, but I I honestly I I can see how it can be a little bit of both. You know, this is sure. you know this way the spirit works. But anyway, I appreciate immensely you saying that we you know we appreciate the feedback. If if somebody wants to give us feedback, please always do that. And then also the fact that you know we need to be careful that we mention say there are multiple interpretations sure. of scripture things if we choose to interpret it one way. Yeah. Um, speaking of speaking of that, the interpretation of scripture, I guess that is an extrapolation I have from the last episode was, well, and, and talking about the different interpretations, that's why, that's also why I mentioned on the last episode when you're talking about the icon of the nativity um, with Joseph there um, and some people interpreting it as him talking to, well, as the devil trying to put doubt in his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I mentioned just so the listeners know, some people don't actually see that as a good interpretation of the icon. So it is right. um, it is important, I think, to mention those. But talking about the different interpretations of scripture, the different levels, the the personal application and things like that, I, I was thinking of that actually when we were talking in the last podcast about the liturgy and about how there's this, this skimming the surface, but then there are points in which you might be called to go deeper. That's one of the things that's so beautiful to me about scripture is I can read the same passage today, a year from now, a year after that. And, and it's, and it can have such different, um, not, not necessarily different meaning, but deeper meaning. And so it's kind of like this um, spiral, you know, of like reaching the same place, but maybe at a, a, a deeper level. And, mm-hmm. and that's part of the beauty of the liturgical year and the the fasting and the feasting and just the reading of scripture in the liturgical cycle. So I think that's very similar, scripture and liturgy in that way. So I often tell people that the this the scriptures are so much about theosis or union with God that that you should reread your favorite passages, maybe your least favorite passages, um, before and after having your your you know, main vocation fulfilled. So whether it's marriage or celibacy, mm. because both of those are some sort of union, whether it's, you know, with celibacy, there's kind of a a, a general union with, with Christ's ability to love everyone equally and our union with the heavenly reality of when that will happen, when we're in heaven and we can love everybody equally because we're in the body of Christ and theosis. And so there's that, that union that, that happens at, at a less intense level than in marriage where you become sacramentally united with the person that you marry and therefore experience union with them in a way that you'll have union with everybody in heaven. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, but there's a, you're living a union post vocation, whether it's, you know, the, the church's blessing on your marriage or your celibacy, um, monastic tantra, you would call it, I guess, for celibacy, um, you know, whatever, Whatever that is, you, you, I think you'll read the scriptures because the spirit's working in a different way, living and active, just like in a, in a in a more extreme way before and after being baptized. Mm-hmm. You know, you, where you're gonna, you, you now have the grace of baptism and the participation in Christ's death and resurrection to read the scriptures differently and to hear the liturgy differently, to hear the creed differently, to hear the anaphora differently. All, all these things that are happening, and I think in a, in a less extreme way since you're, since baptism is the most important sacrament that you, you can participate in or hear the union Christ calls us to uh, with a different personal experience in that case. So are you going to have me as my spiritual father pray with some of those passages after my life profession? 
I'll have you read this thing called the Bible after you're done, <laughs> and, and then you you can see uh, you can see how, how you feel differently. <laughs> That's my favorite book. <laughs> nice, mine too. Can I share a few thoughts? I Please, have? yeah. Please. It must have been really hard. I can't imagine having <sighs> to sit in on a podcast and, and like not, not say anything. anything. Yeah, yeah. But I wrote it down on a piece of paper. Can I um, see that? Yeah, I just Does that say thing question mark. Tiring. Tiring. The work, the liturgy yeah. is a word for work, <laughs> and it's tiring sometimes. But I really love the topic because it is something that I've experienced and struggled with feeling like, why don't I understand this all right now in the moment? Like, I should be feeling this um, great feeling, I guess, of um, epiphany or something about God. And I, there's just so much happening that sometimes I feel a little bit I don't know, I'm just kind of neutral. But what I found is that later in the week or later, according to the Holy Spirit, something from the liturgy will come to me. And I realized I was actually taking in a lot more than I realized. I was just like a sponge kind of taking in all the water and it didn't make sense in that moment, but the fruits appeared later. And I also see this with just how the, the liturgy is chanted and the fact that it's so musical, I think music is connected to memory. Mm. And I've noticed that people who aren't musically inclined or trained, um, ran, the random Joe off the street that comes into the divine liturgy and is used to singing it every week, it becomes like ingrained into their heart, whether they realize it or not. And I know so many people that they memorize it. They have it memorized. They can come, they don't need a book. They can sing along. And I think that again is also something that helps us later in the week where because it's music, we're humming to ourselves. Like I find myself humming a line from the liturgy to myself and oh, remembering that it. Oh, that Rubicon has been stuck in our head for weeks. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that was awesome. But yeah, I guess just the, the idea that it, it's not apparent in the moment, but we are really taking it in. It is all washing over us and it's there with us and it comes up when we need it. Mm. We had a situation with a family at the Fort Collins outreach where, and this happens a lot, where one one of the spouses is like head over heels for the Byzantine and the other one like pushes back, you know, mm. and, and just kind of resists. And and uh, one of the, in this case, it was the husband was gung-ho and the wife was just saying, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, you know, we, we can go for a while, but I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. I feel like it's usually the opposite from what I've experienced in the Byzantine parishes. Really? I've, I've experienced it Maybe almost not. always. I might have the just man made that first. up. Okay. Anyway, it's, and it's there was the actually beards. a whole, That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> grow a beard? I have to grow a beard? Um, and, and so this, uh, so the, the wife finally comes to me and she says, I think I finally gave in and we're going to make this our spiritual home. And the reason why was because her children were singing liturgical hymns throughout the week. And she realized oh, if my mm-hmm. kids have adopted this as their kind of, this is their prayer, this is the way they they interact with the day, this is the way they interact with the week is by singing these hymns and these prayers and the liturgy um, that that she can't fight that anymore, you know? And, and there's there's mm-hmm. no way she's gonna rip her kids away from from these traditions, you know? So, um, yeah, absolutely. Shout out to, I know his name, give me a second. Aiden? Father Travis Crotty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, but okay. shout out to Father Travis Crotty. Um, New podcast. Started, yeah. How did you know? I've, I've already listened to it. I listened to the whole thing. I listened to the whole 20 minutes. No way. 20 minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. I've only listened to half of the first one so far. Uh, Father who, Travis loves you be Father? So who loves you better, Father? Who loves you more? Who loves you more? Oh, man. Outcast spent, Catholic. Who spent a few years writing an icon for him? Come on now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called Outcast Catholic. People should listen to it. Fine. Oh, I'm sorry. So it is. So the 10 minutes I listened to, I worked on it. I was listening to it while I was working on dinner yesterday. And the, the 10 minutes were really good. So I'm sure the other 10 minutes is really good. <laughs> and it's, it's much more manageable for people than this podcast because the episodes are only 20 minutes long. Mm. As opposed to our super long, <laughs> yeah. How much time ones. do we have? Just because we've already gone so twenty-four minutes, and um, uh, but it's not. It, it hasn't been like twenty-four minutes of banter. We're talking about no. the last episode and many topics. Things. Yeah. yeah, everything that comes out of our um, mouths is an hour-ish. We're not super like an hour-ish. Okay. We originally said we were going to do forty-five minutes, and that didn't. Um, <laughs> do you remember how panicked I was when you said forty-five minutes? What to happens an hour? happens. I was oh. like. How am I going to think of enough stuff 
to talk about for that one <laughs> oh, every yeah, week. Right. <laughs> but who's Welcome Aiden? Welcome to podcasting. Oh, thank you. So shout out to, I don't Carla. actually think his name's Aiden. <laughs> no, I need a new squirrel name. Sorry, um, you gotta you Perla's gotta get on it. Come up with a squirrel name, or I'll chat to keep on naming yours yours Perla. Okay, as well. we're making people we're making people mad. We've got to keep going. Um, no, the little boy at the outreach who I think his name's not Aiden. I just made that up, and I feel horrible because I met him and <laughs> and I loved him, and now I'm a jerk. Fort but, Collins outreach. Yes, Fort Collins, and he has the like crocheted Cadillo. And oh yes. Yeah, I, I know. I don't so, know if I want to mention his name on the podcast, but it's it's not Aiden. But yeah, yeah. just for safe environment things. But yes, sure, I, sure, I know sure. exactly who you're talking um, about. Beautiful. But shout out to that family because that's super beautiful. So he's yes. got like this, he's got like a little gospel book that he holds up at the gospel reading. And really? then and then he's got a little like crocheted incenser that he like oh takes out whenever it's time for the incensing. And it's just awesome. really- he, And he like, has a cross he holds up and I'm holding the yes. cross during the homily. And uh-huh. yeah, it's, and he's probably- priest? So What, four or five years old? And he yeah, just something like that. maybe even younger, three to four. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious, and I can't it's look so at him without smiling. Like I'm incensing him, and he's incensing me. You know, oh. at, the, at the same time, and it's just yeah, it's beautiful. Um, that's great. Did you have more that you wanted to say about the last? No, I'm ready. Father Michael, do you have do you have to jump right in? And, uh, no. Okay. Cool. So Natalia, what's our topic? This was hard because Sister Natalia and I talk about so many different things that are all so beautiful. But um, part of my experience at the monastery is one that I've learned how to make chalky bracelets and, and knots for the Jesus prayer. Nice. And second, I have been writing an icon for the very first time under the guidance of one of the nuns here. But both of those sort of are under the umbrella of prayer in general within the Byzantine Rite and what makes prayer unique in the Byzantine Rite. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. That's so, it's so beautifully like a basic Byzantine tradition, both mm-hmm. those things. And I'm so glad that in your four weeks there, you kind of immersed yourself in those two things because the, the, those, the, the tangible sensory things and those being used in prayer and for prayer, of mm-hmm. course, is kind of the, the heart of, uh, of what we do in our tradition. So yeah, beautiful. And there's so much to say about all of them or both of them, because like you said, they are such staples, but mm-hmm. I'll just start by saying, I love what you had just said about the materiality, the physicality of these two elements of prayer. I, I really like that about the Byzantine, right? How sensorial it is. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something yeah. I remember even when I was discerning celibacy and and coming to understand how, much of my humanity I was going to miss miss by being celibate when it came to the 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 physical touch aspect because obviously you know if you, if you see people married and they never touch each other there's like there's obviously kind of something awry you know that there's the 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 there's a closeness to marriage that that is manifested through just sitting right next to each other or dancing in the kitchen or whatever you want to say you know there's a lot of that and so I remember thinking that's an aspect I'm going to totally miss out on being the fact that I can't touch the ter- church, I can't touch Christ. You know, there's there's like, um, you, you, you just miss out on that whole aspect of it being celibate. But then I thought there is something, if we utilize our bodies in prayer, we actually do prostrations. We actually move the beads through our fingers in the Jesus prayer. Um, there's so much that is, that is, all five senses, but even touch that 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 the celibates need to make sure they're engaging their bodies in in the prayer in a very explicit way. And that obviously is not nearly the same as as being married and and the 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 physical closeness that comes from that relationship. But you're you're kind of dabbling in it and and making sure that we don't just deny the fact that even celibates have bodies and mm-hmm. those bodies are used in in expressions and conversations, but also in prayer. Nice. Yeah. Well, should we just, yeah, well, let's just jump in, I guess, because there's so Do much it. to say, but uh, part of some context here, part of my story is that I grew up Byzantine and canonically I'm Byzantine, but I spent a large portion of my life primarily practicing in the Roman Rite. So I breathe in with both lungs, but I had never heard of the Jesus prayer as a kid. It wasn't until about three years ago that I sort of turned back to the Byzantine Rite and wanted to learn more about that and jumped into it that I was introduced to this prayer. And it's so simple, but ever since then, I've been learning so much about it. Like it's so deep and- Can you you just say um, what the Jesus prayer is real quick? Yes. For anyone who doesn't know. 
Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Beautiful. And there are like different variations of that and stuff, but yeah. Right, and that's part of it is just, this is a very repetitive prayer that on the Chalky, a Chalky is what, a Slavic word for not. Mm-hmm. And it's like a rosary, I guess, or we should say maybe a rosary is like the Chalky because I think that the Chalky, I'm not sure if it historically developed first or not, but either way, it is similar to that where you're saying this prayer over and over, but it's recognizing the power of the name Jesus. And there's so many different, you can shorten that prayer in so many different ways. You can say Jesus, mercy. You could just say Jesus, the name of Jesus, but this prayer has been my companion for the past three years, and it's it really has changed my life. I think so. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's, the, the, it's go ahead. It's it's beautiful too because it's a it's such a simple prayer that's so powerful, like you said, Natalia, and um, and it can even like it's it's a beautiful prayer for children to even grow up with mm-hmm. and to become accustomed to because I think that in some sense. It might even be easier for children in, I've never thought of this before this moment, but in the same sense of, it's just much harder to learn a new language when you're an adult. Um, I think that that a child's mind is so so able to, to kind of absorb these things. Um, and maybe this is part of what Jesus means when he says that we should be like children, but a child's mind is so able to absorb these things. And it's such a, a simple thing for them to absorb. So I even, um, I made a chotki for, for both of my godchildren, my godson, Angelo, who was on a couple episodes ago, several episodes ago. Um, and then my goddaughter, Jelly, uh, who happens to be Perla's daughter, the person, not the squirrel. <laughs> and she, um, Jelly is short for Angelica. But, um, and I told them when I gave them the chotki, uh, which is the bracelet with the knots on it, that they could pray the the full Jesus prayer on it, or it could just be whatever their prayer for Jesus needs to be that day, you know, of like, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. Um, or or Jesus, teach me to love, you know, and, and things like that. Um, it's like calling on the name of Jesus and invoking his power is, I think, the most significant mm-hmm. aspects. Um, his power and his mercy, the most significant aspects of that. Yeah, you could even shorten it to Jesus' mercy. Like the, mm-hmm. those are the two most important aspects. And by mercy, again, the, the, the we say it in the liturgy so often, it doesn't just mean I've done something wrong. I need forgiveness. It, it means it's a word for, it includes that, but it also is a more general term. Uh, Archbishop Rye is very eloquent about this, that uh, it means also kind of what God does. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's the word we use when we're trying not to limit what God's doing. So when I ask God for things, if I, I can ask for money, I can ask for health, I can ask for intercession in this way or that way or that way. But when I say mercy, I'm just saying, Lord, do what you do. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. do, like I, I'm not or gonna- be who you are even more specifically. Right, mm-hmm. right that's true. There we go. Back to our old podcast. But like, but, but <laughs> when, you, when, when you're being, and what the part of your being that involves me and and your gifts, your your energies, and the way the way the way that we perceive God and He interacts with me, that that mercy is just a general term. So Jesus mercy, mm-hmm. and then it, that can be extended to whatever whatever form you normally say. But yeah, it's it's the power of the name of Jesus, and then also what we're what we're asking of Him, namely mm-hmm. we're asking for Him to do what He does, what He wants to do, what He wills mm-hmm. to do, and that we know that's the most helpful thing. Already there are three different things coming to my mind about this prayer. And first is that um, I was taught that it's sort of the answer to St. Paul's command to pray unceasingly. That mm-hmm. it, This is such a simple prayer. And especially if you're wearing a chalky bracelet, which you can use at any time of the day. But even if you don't, you know, this is a prayer you can repeat over and over in your head throughout the day to constantly be reminded of the presence of Jesus because saying the name of Jesus is invoking his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is, this is something I actually learned from Mother Cecilia, a talk that she gave about the word mercy in the Jesus prayer and how mercy, the Greek word mercy, I guess, is also related to the Greek word for oil. I apologize mm-hmm. if this, I think it's something like this that, Basically, the word mercy, she, she was sharing this image of like mercy being like oil that is just seeping into our woundedness, our scars, our brokenness. 
and just penetrating and healing it. And mm. that's why I turn to the Jesus prayer the most, I think, is when I'm just, you know, all these little moments of the day, feeling unsure, feeling broken, scared, whatever it is, um, that the word mercy, just bringing that to mind of Jesus pouring that oil on me and sending the Holy Spirit to to fill me and to help me. Yeah, it's like the- And the third uh, thing the- was that, I was gonna say it's it's the like by by oil it's like anointing oil or or healing oil like mm. that we get anointed with or healed with or the the Samaritan because when you first said oil I thought like digging for oil <laughs> like I like, oh, like oil petroleum. natural gas type thing like petroleum exactly and I was like yeah. anointing oil interesting <laughs> yeah. I've never heard this before yeah um, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's just where my, where my brain went but yeah so it's uh and even like the word myrrh right. Mm-hmm. I mean, even mm-hmm. in English, myrrh and mercy obviously sound the same. So there, there's there's that uh, it's a healing balm, a healing um, anointing oil that that we that we receive, like the Samaritan, a good Samaritan that that used oil and wine to heal the the man who had been beat up. It, it was like a almost like a neosporin. The the wine <laughs> was an alcohol that, that that killed all the germs, and then the oil was 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 used for healing that anointing yeah. oil. So amen. That's what mercy is. I like it. The other thing is that I was, I came to Sister Natalia. Well, actually, she approached me. So thank you for doing that again. But we we were having a conversation um, with something I was struggling with. And she'd said, I mean, maybe maybe I should let you share it. But you taught me a new way to use the Jesus prayer, which I never heard before, which is to take the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. and And in place of saying, have mercy on me, you can also put in any line from the psalm that is me, psalms that is maybe speaking to you. Mm. Um, so, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, um, there was a line in the psalms that says, you take care of me or take care of me, something mm. like that. And one day I was just praying that over and over. But you had mentioned, Sister Natalia, that the Jesus prayer has this warmth to it, like mm-hmm. this comfort to it. And so using that to pray already is is comforting your heart, but then adding on, using it with a psalm to give you strength and to give you an extra reminder of whatever you need at that moment. Yeah, I, I learned that that um, technique is, I don't know if that's the right word, but I learned that from that way of prayer from a Coptic nun. Uh, we all, our monastery was visiting some, oh, there are some beautiful Coptic Orthodox nuns here that we just... Mm oh, we've visited them and they've visited us. And it's been like a beautiful example for me of ecumenism. Hmm. And they just, like, I think that's how reunification is going to happen, like through grassroots Hmm. things, you know, not like a big scale. But uh, they came over here and the last time they were here, they, um, when they were leaving, they were like, before we had seven sisters and now we have 13 or something like that. (laughs) It was very sweet. But anyways, one of them, Super beautiful nun. She she taught us this way of prayer. She had put together this whole chart of like the different topics um, with which she's made these prayers from through the Psalms. So I also do this with other um, other books of the Bible, but or even just prayers that kind of spontaneously arise in my heart. But most most commonly, I use the Psalms because the psalmist so eloquently can articulate the things that I'm experiencing and feeling that I can't articulate myself. So one of my favorites, for example, came to me on a postinia one time of um, a couple of retreat days of Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, my soul waits for you in silence. Um, mm. And so to be able to just say this prayer repetitively as you would the Jesus prayer um, is this very, this very calming and focusing and reordering of your heart. Um, I just looked it up by the way. And the, the Greek word in the Samaritan passage, the Greek word for the oil, the olive oil is, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, but eleion. Mm -hmm. And as we know, um, from saying Lord have mercy in Greek, it's, uh, mercy is eleison. Um, so it's, uh, nice. Yeah. That's the, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus, in other words, heal me is, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. So mm-hmm. I mean, yes. it's, it's I've never thought about that because I always thought that if we're saying, like Raya was saying, when we say mercy, it just means Lord, do what you do. But I always thought, why wouldn't why wouldn't we say love? Because love just seems the most. If God is love, and that seems the most powerful thing God does, but the the fact that 
mercy isn't just I've done something wrong, I need forgiveness, but it's I am I'm broken mm-hmm. and I, I need healing. And and that that is the that is the the trend that is the movement of the church and of Christ in our lives is 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 he heals us of the sin that we've caked ourselves with and the death that we've opened up to by our sin. And so we need healing from the brokenness to the attraction of those things. And so mm-hmm. the Jesus prayer becomes calling upon the healer, the physician of souls and bodies, as we call him, and then asking for, for what he does, which is, which is primary healing. And once we are healed, then we are in union with him because mm-hmm. the, our sin is the only thing keeping us from union with him because of his cross and resurrection. So while we, I mean, that's why we say in the consecration, right? Take, eat, this is my body for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this chalice for the forgiveness of sins. Like the forgiveness of our sins is, is, is the only thing keeping us from God since he, he kept his end of the covenant. And now we are trying to engage our part of the covenant in, in Jesus Christ, but we do that through healing. So anyway, that just that gives me a lot to think about. And when I say the prayer from now on, so thank you. And thank mm-hmm. you, Mother, Mother Cecilia was the one who gave that yeah. talk, Natalia, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I, you, know, you know what? The other, the other thing that I find so good about that prayer, the, the Lord have mercy, the Lord heal us, the Lord do what you do, um, Lord be who you are. Another really, I think, significant thing about that is it's sort of the amendment to our prayer that we we sometimes have of we make this request and then be like if it be your will um <laughs> you yeah. know or um give me a million dollars or <laughs> right <laughs> um or or kind of what we talked about in the apatheia podcast of let this cup pass but not mm-hmm. my will but yours be done i think that's that's in some way that's what we're saying with the lord have mercy at the end of these petitions in the litany is is we're saying um Let's have um, let's have seasonable weather, um, mm-hmm. but Lord have mercy. Lord, give us what we need, not what we think we need. It's it's mm. like the disclaimer of we're praying for these things, but you know what we actually need. Um, I like that. <laughs> like yeah, maybe what we need for the conversion of our heart in this moment is not seasonable weather. Yeah, mm-hmm. because um, yeah. So, anyways, I've never thought of that before, but that's I haven't either. But I like that a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's now favorable weather, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I think it's for that reason, which I don't like. I agree, um, but that's that's no, my no point. criticism. Like, yeah, yeah, no criticism. Favorable, it, favorable presumes the Lord have mercy that we, in a sense, know what it's going to be. And what is favorable, favorable, favorable for our to souls? Who? Yeah. Yes, exactly. What does favorable mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, Another not thing to get into translation issues. Go ahead, Natalia. Sorry, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> But just going back to the repetition of the Jesus prayer, because that's also an element that's so prevalent in in the Byzantine right in general. We say everything a million times, at least three times in a row, you know. But the repetition of that, and I don't know if this is commonly known or not, but Andy Warhol, if anyone's familiar with his artwork, he's from Pittsburgh, where Byzantine I Byzantine Catholic. He's Byzantine. Well, he yeah, he was yeah. Byzantine Catholic. And we know from his art that, like, he would stamp a person's face, like, a million times in mm-hmm. a row. And I went to a talk on his art at mm. the museum, and they were the, the scholar was said something really profound, which I was applying to the Byzantine right and to the Jesus prayer in general, that on one hand, repetition, saying something over and over can kind of, like, cheapen it. Like, that's sort of what he was showing Andy Warhol with his art, that when we just are—, are overloading ourselves with the the same image, we're kind of stripping it of its meaning. But at the same time, when you show it over and over and over, you are also like ingraining it into the heart. You're also, it's so weird. It's a paradox. I don't know how to Mm. explain it, but I've experienced this with the Jesus prayer that sometimes I say it so much that it can so easily become background noise or it can feel like just words. But then at the same time, because I'm saying it over and over and over, eventually I'll have like a conversion moment where I'm like realizing what I'm saying and Mm. it's there for me, you know? Yeah. It's like we teach children to memorize the Our Father even before they have any idea what it means Mm -hmm. so that when they get older, it's easier to reflect upon it if it's memorized. So sometimes we we do these, we get the beginning of prayer is memorization or participation without fully grasping it so that when the spirit decides to, 
allow us to grasp it when we're more spiritually mature, physically mature, whatever it is, all of a sudden it's already there in our brain and we have mm-hmm. access to it. Um, did you guys ever see that movie, The Book of Eli? No. Yes. Okay. I don't want to give away the surprise ending, but it, it totally relates no. to what we're saying. I'm, also, not, I'm not, I'm not. Even if we have both seen it, um, how many listeners haven't? So it's no like, spoilers. It's like 20 years old. No spoilers. Uh, I, I know. They can pause the podcast right now. There we go. Watch it and then press play. <laughs> Spoiler yeah. alert. So maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode. We'll put it that way. So if it comes okay. up in a, in a future, if it comes it up, then. if it's apropos in the future, then uh, <laughs> then I can do it. But it's it's just an action movie. But the, but the surprise ending is relating to what we're saying. So it, yeah, it reminds me of. Can you tell the story um, briefly of your dad and the Our Father? Is that a story you can tell on the podcast? Oh, sure. Because it's so beautiful. Yeah, so my- And like, uh, this is part of the reason in my mind that that we we so ingrain mm-hmm. these prayers on our heart, the Jesus prayer, the Our Father. Yeah, so my dad had a heart attack in the front yard and um, he was able to get up and walk into the house and then he got up to his bed, which is actually up a flight of stairs, but he got up to the bed and then he called my mom in and had her call 911. Um, and the whole time she was- on the phone calling 911 he was he was his mouth is moving and she kept on thinking he was she was ta- he was talking to her like trying to get her to say oh t- tell the tell 911 this tell 911 this but he wasn't he was praying the our father and it, it, he was again he was he thought he was dying and he was praying the our father so when in the hospital when i went to visit him he 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 just talked to me and he said you know i i feel bad how i thought i was dying and i was so ineloquent like we all have these, like if my, what, what's the last thing I'm going to say? In, in the moment I die, how eloquent am I going to be about my faith and my love of Jesus, my love of my family? And he says, all I could, all I could say was the Our Father. And I, and I just said like, exactly like dad, that's, that's what you, you've, you've lived your entire life, your 60 some odd years of life praying the Our Father because that's what you were taught. And so literally at the moment of your death, instead of being angry or bitter or in pain, or you're praying the prayer that you've been prepared to be praying, the prayer that's in the scriptures that she, when you pray, pray the Our Father. So you, you were praying the, the perfect prayer. And also I said, you know, Jesus, as he was dying, was praying one of the Psalms. Like that's Psalm 22, oh, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus, his eloquence on the cross as he was dying also was a memorized prayer, you know? And that's why, you know, so many Christians can be against memorized prayers because it seems like it's just kind of vain repetition. But these memorized prayers are, they just like the liturgy, they, they, they seek, they seep deeper and deeper into us and they, they take on different meanings and having that immediate access to them through having them memorized, of course, can be such a beautiful thing that, that you can kind of put them, uh, compartmentalize them somewhere in your brain and when the spirit needs you to pull it out, you already have it memorized, you know, and mm-hmm. then he wants you to reflect on something you've, you've had in, the, in your brain for a long time through that memorization. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I love that. It's so beautiful. And, and what, like what, what can we say with greater eloquence than than the prayer that that Christ gives us that when you mm-hmm. pray to the Father, say this. Um, yeah. And I don't mean that we absolutely we should have spontaneous prayer. We should speak to the Lord from our heart, all of that as well. But I'm saying we shouldn't just be like the aim shouldn't be eloquence. The aim should be expressing to the Lord what's yeah. on our heart. And and the Psalms do that so well. The Jesus prayer does that so well. The Our Father does that so well. Um, and yeah, it's, I, I also think of, I've had the same experience that you're describing, Natalia, of like not even, it, it just becoming background background music sort of, the Jesus prayer. And yeah. there are times when I'm just, so if I'm ever working in silence, if I'm washing the dishes, if I'm cleaning a pustinia, I'm always praying the Jesus prayer. And this has just become habit, no pun intended. And because <laughs> I'm a nun and I wear a habit. And, but there are times that I'll be washing the dishes and 20 minutes into it or something, I realize, oh, I'm praying the Jesus prayer. And I didn't even notice I was praying the Jesus prayer. And I've had moments of being tempted to think, well, then am I even really praying if I don't even realize Mm -hmm. that, like, or is it just habit? Um, but I think that there's a great beauty there and I'm, I'm grateful for it because how often can we get a song stuck in our head, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like I was just saying earlier, we've had the Cherubicon stuck in our head that led us who mystically, it's a prayer from the liturgy. And 
like if I'm going to have a song stuck in my head, because our, our minds never stop. We, mm-hmm. they never stop. And so I'd rather my mind be filled with the words of Christ and his mercy or yeah. the words of, of let us who mystically like represent the cherubim and, and, set aside all earthly cares and things like that. I'd rather that than, yeah. I had a funny I'm trying to think of just... some famous act or singer and I, I've got nothing. Mm. I'd rather that I... than Justin Bieber. Do people still listen to him? <laughs> Is that still? He's been in the monastery a long time. Now that's going to be where, where you got your start. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was, uh, I was trying to, I was on Lux like doing a, finishing up like a reflection or a prayer with the ladies on Lux University. And, and I said, I literally said at the end, I said, okay, Lord. And I was, I was trying to say ladies, but instead I said, Lord. And so I said, okay, Lord. And I thought, why did I say, so I had like, I don't know why I just called all of you Lord. And then I realized that, that it, that's just, that's what I call Jesus in my mm-hmm. spontaneous prayer. Like if I'm just talking about the day I call, I say, okay, Lord, I'll just walk through my house when I'm alone, being like, okay, Lord, okay, Lord. And I'll just talk to him I've, like I've that totally throughout the day. I've totally heard you say that in direction. Yeah. And, and yeah. so it's, so it, it, it slipped out. I didn't mean to be mm-hmm. saying it to them, but I'm so used to saying, okay, Lord, like mm-hmm. as I go about my day that it just became a habit. So when I said, men say, okay, ladies, I said, okay, Lord. And I was like, sorry, that was not, I was talking to you, not Jesus, but I'm just very used to saying that phrase. Okay, Lord, what if whatever's mm-hmm. happening next. So yeah, we get in these good habits and, and they do, it's that's what virtue is. I mean, virtue is supposed to be habit that 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 builds that that makes our our instincts, our our tendencies, our intuitions become more formed by the faith. The more we do virtuous things and, and make them into habit, you know. Yeah. And something yeah. Sister Natalia said reminded me that to point out about this prayer that you because you were saying the words of Christ and in, in Scripture that the Jesus prayer is derived from Scripture because there are mm-hmm. multiple instances in the gospels at which somebody says to Jesus some form of that prayer and that's uh-huh. so it wasn't just made up but that is directly from scripture and i that's yeah. just another powerful thing about that prayer it's the prayer of the publican it's also the prayer of the the blind man who cries mm-hmm. out son of david have mercy on me yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. those are the two main ones and there's is like you said in time anymore yeah should we Move into icons, or do you think we would have enough time? I don't think there's time for icons, but okay. I, I want to say there's always time for icons. I mean, I don't think there's time <laughs> in this podcast episode yeah. to talk about icons because we're going to crack it open right. and not be able to like really go deep. But I, um, I do have something more to say about the Jesus yes, prayer. Please. Is I think that so so something that's significant that I don't think we've touched on yet is that part of the intention is to make the Jesus prayer a part of our breathing. And so there's writings, there's there's a lot of writings on the Jesus prayer. If you're completely unfamiliar with the Jesus prayer, you want to read something for the first time, I would suggest Way of a Pilgrim. Um, Would you- Classic. Would you Mm -hmm. agree with that, Father Michael? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So such a beautiful book. And it's like, it's one of those books that I read it and I just was inspired to, to be holy and to pray the Jesus prayer. And so if for no other reason than that, not just for like gaining wisdom or something, but just for the sake of intensifying your desire for holiness and for prayer, read this book. Um, Mm -hmm. So Way of a Pilgrim. And Father Michael, can you write that down so that you can like put it in the references or whatever when you post the episode? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I'm supposed to put it in the spreadsheet, but I don't really use the spreadsheet. <laughs> the you spreadsheet just, that just, I created. You just said on our text stream that you're going to start using it. I know. Have you already gone back on that? Okay. No, I'm going to do it right after this episode's over. I'm going to do it. I'm going to type it in. Um, Natalia okay. and I are going to sit I'm, here together. I'm, I'm We're going to think of a name. We're going to think of the references. Great. Okay, so <laughs> Way of a Pilgrim. Really good book. But we, um, a lot of the... A lot of the fathers and just church teachers speak of incorporating the Jesus prayer into our breathing. Mm-hmm. And there are different methods of doing this, but one of them is to 
Um, and, and if you have a spiritual director, like talk through these things with your spiritual director as well before just like putting them into practice. A lot of people would say, don't even try to get a, a devotion to or a regular practice of the Jesus prayer of the day without a spiritual director. And yeah. It's very important because it, it can go, you can either do it to, um, you can you know try to do it too much so it's not mm-hmm. fruitful anymore. You can be too scrupulous about it, things like that. So it's it's very important to have some sort of spiritual guide. Obviously, you don't need that, um, but you know, be careful of scrupulosity or overdoing it if you don't have a, a, a somebody guiding you in that. But yes, amen. So I want to one thing I want to say about the breathing is one of the one of the ways of breathing with the Jesus prayer is to breathe in the first half and breathe out the second half. So breathe mm-hmm. in, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, and, um, but another, and the way that I more frequently pray it, because I, I pray it more slowly, another is to breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ, breathe out, Son of God, breathe in, have mercy on me, breathe out, a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a slower and more meditative and calmer for me way of mm-hmm. praying the Jesus prayer. So something that I find really beautiful about this way of prayer, and it's funny because I, I had this reflection, I shared it, I don't remember if I shared it in a talk or just with the other nuns or something like that. But apparently at some point before I entered the monastery, you, Father Michael, were giving a homily here and you shared basically the same reflection. I think I extrapolated on it a little bit. Um, So when I shared this, the other nuns were like, like father, like daughter, um, (laughs) because I had come up with this like independence of you. Um, That's funny. So the second half of the prayer, have mercy on me, a sinner. What I find um, what I find so fruitful about the way that I breathe with the prayer in that is breathing in, have mercy on me, breathing out a sinner, is we're breathing in Christ's mercy and breathing out our sinfulness. And I think that's the part of the homily that you gave. But what I had what I had extrapolated from that. Um, or upon that is is not just breathing in the mercy and breathing out the sin, but the order in which it's done. Because I, as someone who so often struggle with scrupulosity, as you know, Father Michael, um, I struggle with thinking, I need to completely extinguish my sinfulness. I need to totally purify my heart before I can even then like, be in the presence of the Lord yeah. to some extent. Yeah. Or or before I even approach him about this thing, I need to first fix it. I need to I need to get in the right before I can even talk to him about it. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm just in this like nasty state. Mm-hmm. Um and so what I what I find so beautiful about the order of that, breathing in his mercy and then breathing out the sin, is we need his mercy and his his healing to go back to the the mercy oil healing correlation, we need his mercy and his healing before we can even start to root out the sin. Um, It's not like, it's not the other way around. And I just think that's so beautiful because if I struggle with that, I assume a lot of people do. Um, And so I just, I, I love that so much of realizing that we need his help to get better. It's not like we start getting better on our own. In fact, that's just the added sin of self-reliance <laughs> mm-hmm. and then go to him, so. We Can almost want to, yeah, go ahead, Natalia. Go ahead, Father. Are I was gonna sure? say, we, we almost want to give Jesus a testimony. Like what's a testimony? A testimony mm-hmm. is I was horrible and then I got better. And we instead of instead of going right. to Jesus for healing, we want to go to him with a testimony. Oh Jesus, mm-hmm. I had a rough week, but I'm better now, so um, so we're good, right? You know, rather than saying <laughs> I, I'm having a hard week and I'm still in that hard week right now and you're the only one that can help me fix this. So don't mm-hmm. don't give Jesus testimonies. You know, give Jesus your your current brokenness. And mm-hmm. go ahead, Natalia. I didn't want to jump on you. Yeah, no, that's fine. I just wanted to add to it the breathing that something else that I that I've um learned about is also your heartbeat, saying the Jesus prayer mm-hmm. to the beating of your heart, which for me is difficult because I can't often like feel my heart beating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've heard that you can say each word of the prayer to your heartbeat. And one of the things that when I've tried to do that, I've the experience was like realizing that the fact that my heart is beating, the sound of my own heart, mm. 
that exists because God created me and he loves me. And the fact that it is still beating is because God is sustaining me. And I don't know, it's just interesting to listen to your own heartbeat because it's inside of you, it's part of you, but you have no control over it. It's kind of going constantly without Mm -hmm. your doing anything and Mm -hmm. just listening to that and saying the words of the Jesus prayer with it and kind of correlating those two, I then began to associate my own heartbeat with the fact that God loves me and with like Mm. this presence that's always there just beating out, you know? Yeah. That is beautiful. One of the things I can't believe, I mean, I'm sure people have thought of this, but I like years ago, I thought, why hasn't anybody invented a machine that, that, that takes like pop songs, especially songs that have like a beat and, 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 and alters the pace to the beat mm. of your heart. So mm. like, like, so you're listening to a song and it's, it, it changes the, the pace of it so that it matches your heart. It just seems like if you're listening to music that actually matches the pace of your heartbeat, it would be so much more ordered, you know? And by the way, my computer is at 5% right now. Um, so I, I, if you don't mind, I'm just afraid it's going to totally die on us. And I, because of my current setup, I can't plug it in. Um, sure. So okay, yeah, we can we can wrap up. I do want to say that that very quickly, because Natalia just reminded me of this. Part of the significance of praying the Jesus prayer with our breathing is our breathing, like our heartbeat, is is a constant process that's so second nature, um, like driven by the autonomic nervous system, mm-hmm. that we don't even think about it and we just are always breathing. And so the the benefit to tying the Jesus prayer in or whatever prayer, if if you're not going to adopt the Jesus prayer, whatever prayer it is that you're you're praying, the benefit to tying it into the breathing is that that's why it happens to me that as I'm washing the dishes, I realize I'm praying and, and didn't know it because it's mm-hmm. just like, because I'm breathing and didn't know it. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and so that's that's part of the beauty of tying it in with the breathing is it helps us to answer, as you said, Natalia, St. Paul's commission to pray without ceasing because we breathe without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And, we, and our heart beats without ceasing. And yeah, so mm-hmm. tying what we want to do into what we are already doing. That's why we pray before meals, right? You're gonna eat, why not pray before you eat? Because that's a ritual that you already have. So tie in prayer to remind yourself to an already existing ritual that you need to do. So breathing, mm-hmm. heartbeat, eating, etc. All right, yeah. uh, prayer intentions? That was great. Natalia's supposed to start because it's her episode. Oh man. Ah. Um, I'm not prepared, can you go? Um, I'm not prepared either. Let me think of let me think Thanks of an intention. Try. I'll just give mine then. Um, oh, great. So yeah. <laughs> um, so mine is just for parishioner Ophelia is her name. We call her Ophi. Um, if you could all pray for Ophelia, just a parishioner who um, may be in need, um, but that's part of the problem is I can't get a hold of her right now. So if you could mm. uh, pray for Ophelia and for her uh, health and intentions, that'd be great. Okay, sure. Um. Let's see. I could um, ask for a prayer for seasonal weather, um, favorable weather. I'm just kidding. Okay, Natalia, you go. Yeah, I'd just like to shout out an intention for <laughs> combining two different podcasts. Nice. <laughs> an intention for my younger brother, Nathan. Just, I'm not going to leave it at that, but just for my younger brother, mm. Nathan. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Um, Gosh, I still don't have one, but I'm supposed to. His computer is at five percent. I know. I'm trying. I. You're making me really 4%. anxious. Okay. Four percent. <laughs> oh man. Don't worry. It's not going to be a long intention. Okay. Well, our monastery is devoted to prayer and hospitality, but specifically, we offer our prayer and hospitality for everyone. But we focus that especially on. Um, priests and deacons and those studying for the priesthood and the diaconate. Um, So if everyone could just say a prayer or do something extra um, at some point this week as you're listening in in prayer or in fasting or something for your local priests, the priests of your diocese or eparchy, the priests of your parish, um, and also for your bishop, I think that would be very beautiful because the priests and the bishops... um, I I realize I've asked for prayers for the bishops on another podcast, but I think that um, our church just really needs those prayers. And if we want holy priests and holy bishops, we need to pray for them. Amen. All right. Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
I love you. Very guys. welcome. Love and you guys. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think using this this technology we have, I think we can bring in a third person. So if you have your icon stuff, we should bring you in mm-hmm. at some point to finish your yes. thoughts on icons. So that would be great. That's a yeah, that's a great idea. There's so much on that. It has to be its own episode. Natalia's yes. coming back in December. Maybe we. <laughs> oh, well, there we, we go. For, just we for a visit for. Well, we scheduled it because we didn't think that she was going to be here for the other two nuns who came back. But mm. I'm hoping that we that's just keep the away. visit. Where do, you, where do you live? Pittsburgh. I mean, December. She meant the, okay. the distance to oh, December. Not yes. <laughs> okay. We can discuss yeah. later. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, thanks. We'll make it work. Of course. Me. Of course, it's an honor. Thank you for coming, and we—it's—it's it's also a beautiful sign that that Christ the Bridegroom is attracting women who want to discern and discern through observership, you know, and that—that's a—that's what that process is. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, any any good and healthy monastery is going to attract women, whether they end up with a vocation or not. You know, attract women right. who want to put that extra time in, which is a, which is a beautiful thing. So thank you for being witness to that. I think it's really funny that when you said Christ the bridegroom attracts women, I know you meant like our monastery, but (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, Christ the the bridegroom, also the man. All right, I'm going to give a blessing because I'm at at 2%. Okay, give the blessing. (laughs) My Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you and have mercy on you. May he allow all of you to engage with the traditional prayer of the church and may you find fruit in the Jesus prayer and may you um, find hope and peace in the traditions of the church, especially in the traditions of prayer. May you adopt the Jesus prayer if it's God's will and may bring you um, habit and virtue and eventually salvation, watchfulness, theosis, self-gift, metanoia, conversion, and all the beautiful things that come through the engagement, the conversation with Jesus in prayer. May our Lord also inspire you to pray for Ophelia and Nathan and all priests deacons and bishops of our church. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Amen. Love you too. Bye. Bye. So joyful. (laughs) 